0: Welcome to our first recorded interview with one of our outstanding Democratic Party County Chairs, Edie Hardcastle. Uh, Edie from Evansville in Vanderburgh County um, is gonna tell us more about herself, but I want to um, just thank you for being a part of this. We're, I'm hoping to really get messages out from really great County Chairs like you so that other people in other counties can see what Democratic parties at the county level should look like and how they should work. And we hope that this will encourage more women in particular, but everyone to get involved in the Democratic Party and uh, ultimately to bring more success to fair representation uh, at the state level anyway. Um, You know, of course, we chose you because we saw your great work. I have seen you doing such wonderful things there in Vandenberg County. And and in in my experience in the last year, working with these great 29 wonderful progressive women candidates, uh, I got to be privy to many of the county party activities all over the state. And so uh, I was just delighted that you are willing to talk with me a little bit more about what you're doing so we can spread the word about all of the great work that can be done. Uh, all over the state. So I want to start with a question um, about your experience. And so I, uh, because I want you to tell me what you think, uh, li- what life experiences you've had that led you to this and what skills you think are just vital for a great uh, Democratic Party County chair. Well,
1: Deb, thank you so much. And I, I just wanted to say thank you for all the work you're doing in the state. You just give us life. Uh, that somebody with your skill set is out there uh, making the party better. And one of the things uh, that that I initially tried to do uh, is reach out to some of my fellow chairs across the state. So you trying to create basically a library uh, of, of shared experiences of the chairs to hopefully, you know, get more women or everybody really more People in general interested in serving in leadership roles in the party uh, is really important. And to your question, just I never thought myself as a, being a person to play a role in my county party. Uh, so, so one of the things that um, I wanted to stress is that everybody has a special set of, set of skills and lots of things that they can contribute uh, really to making a difference locally. And one of the things thats that I'd also like to stress is that our county parties is really where it happens. Mm -hmm. And so the the biggest way that people can make a difference from all walks of life is really to get engaged in their county party in whatever way that they feel that they can. And, and there's such a big set of skills that we need. Uh, one of those I think uh, is just basic organization. If there's a, a skill set that I think uh, is, it, that is very helpful is that people that basically can organize it. And we know that women do that really, really well, right? Like they're constantly multitasking they're constantly basically doing 10 jobs at once. Mm -hmm. And and if there's a thing that that is the best job description for a county chair, uh, it's organizing. Uh, The other thing that that with regards to a skill uh, is communication. Uh, You can really uh, work that muscle and grow a lot with regards to, you know, Communicating uh, with specifically, um, you know, you're having to do as a chair at least uh, interviews on uh, with the newspapers, with television, and, and that can come with time. Uh, but uh, communication on an interpersonal level is really what we're constantly doing, and you're communicating uh, with, you know, your neighbor, uh, but you're also communicating basically with the state leadership at the same time, you're communicating with labor leaders, you're communicating uh, with, with leaders of organizations, business leaders. Uh, so just a flexibility uh, in your communication skills and, and the, the people you're trying to connect with each other. It's not just you connecting, uh, it, it's basically connecting other people together so that they can uh, do a good job um, you know, in, in the democratic
0: party. Oh, that's excellent. Well, and um, for those who don't know, um, you know, I just want to say Edie um, actually ran for state rep and um, had a wonderful campaign, but didn't make it and used that energy to um, go into her local democratic party and, and take a leadership role and really turn that party around at the county level. And so, and I want you to talk about your uh, uh, neighborhood leaders program because I think that is so innovative. And I mean, I think it's it's almost kind of comically um, similar to the precinct committee chair uh, structure. But you really took that to another level, and um, and and you did a great job. So tell us about that program.
1: So, so I think just in general, very broadly, uh, one of the things that makes a successful party unit and a party team uh, is being willing to innovate uh, and go out there and find programs that are successful. Uh, To be successful yourselves, you don't have to come up with the brilliant ideas, but you just have to look around uh, and be willing to integrate those that are working elsewhere. Uh, And that's one of the things that, that we did when we came in as a new democratic team is that we looked around to basically places that had started out red and that had turned purple and then blue over time by basically having really strong um, party structure. One of the places that we found like that was the Oregon Democratic Party uh, who had implemented with really help from the National Democratic Party, uh, a program where neighbors contacted their neighbors not to push for a specific candidate, uh, but to ask Democrats to vote and tell them how important it was to participate in elections. And that neighbor component um, of the program is what's so successful. You're not bringing people in from out of state. You're not bringing in people from out of town. You're actually building relationships over time. So this is a long-term program. And and that's really the key to success uh, in a county party in general is building trust in general. And so when you do that with the voter, you build relationships, people are gonna pay so much more attention to what you're asking them to do, uh, whether it be vote blue all the way down the ticket or just make sure you vote make sure you vote absentee. Whatever that message is, that's gonna be so much more trusted and acted upon if you have a neighbor asking you to do that. And the other, the other key to neighborhood leader program that's been so successful is that people are so busy these days. And, and for a precinct to take on the responsibility of an entire precinct yeah. can be very, very overwhelming. So the neighborhood leader program, one of its successes is it only asks people to take on about 40 households around their own neighborhood. And it can be a gateway drug, (laughs) basically in essence, to step into later a precinct committee chair role if people aren't quite, you know, ready to commit to that level of dedication in the party. Uh, But, you know, we also see that as one of the basic things we ask all of our precinct committee people to do is take on a neighborhood leader turf because some of even our um, experienced precinct committee people uh, don't necessarily have time or the ability anymore uh, to canvas you know a thousand doors Um, you know ideally we would like to have our precinct committee people you know be responsible for the entire precinct with regards to getting out the vote but that, that that's not always possible
0: so so the precinct committee chairs are working also
1: with the neighborhood leaders is that right So there's, there's a great deal of overlap so what we've tried to do is uh, allow precinct committee people to to also be neighborhood leaders because it involves basically uh, hooking them up to a database where they get their 40 40 households. But um, I would say with about 230 precinct committee people, I would say more than half of those are also neighborhood leaders. Uh, I think in the future, uh, that is one of the ways we will move uh, is that we will integrate those two programs more closely. I see.
0: And so um, you're also, and you mentioned it briefly, you're also able to um, collect data. And so the neighborhood leaders are collecting data and then how are
1: they getting that into a bigger system, a database? Yeah, it's so wonderful, the level of integration. So the person that, his his name's Steve Packer and he's one of the state party leaders in Oregon. He's also a computer scientist who's retired from IBM. So he had the chops to put together the integration of this neighborhood leader program with literally a computer program that integrates seamlessly with the van. Uh, and if, if you're familiar with the van, it's it's the democratic database that we work with. So that when when our neighborhood leaders go out and co- collect information about where people live, perhaps updated phone numbers, email addresses the neighborhood leader can go home and enter that information into the database and it updates the van. So so it serves a great purpose in updating the the correct information we have about voters.
0: That is so critical. And that was one of the bigger complaints um, during this last election cycle that the van data just was not up to date, not accurate. So this is, you know, not only are you succeeding at reaching people you know, face to face at a meaningful level, uh, really having long conversations and relationships, but you're actually updating the database and making it more accurate, which will prove extremely valuable. Wow, that's wonderful. Okay, so I want to also, um, so I sent you a list of county uh, party activities, um, and I, you know, was asking you to choose. You know, a few that you think are the most important. Not that they're all important, because they are, they're all important, but just a few to talk to, just to, to um, you know, stay in some timeframes. But I'll just read off the list so, so people know uh, the list. And this is not an exhaustive list by any means. I'm sure people have other ideas of other great things to do that are, I've not included on this list. So my list includes uh, candidate recruitment and support, volunteer recruitment, training, and volunteer appreciation, precinct chair and vice chair training and peer networking for precinct committee chairs, Uh, voter registration, get out the vote, Um, civics education, that is going into schools and talking about the democratic process. Um, And and so kids coming out of high school a little more engaged and have a better understanding of uh, how politics uh, and legislating works. Uh, Year round community service. Um, These are activities that really provide the Democratic Party with some visibility and and really shows the values of the Democratic Party. And that means participating in community events, community cleanups, um, food drives, all those kinds of things that really show that Democrats are are part of the community and they have the values of community service. Um, Also year round engagement um, with constituents, uh, constituent um, communities. you know we've heard this before, and it's it's true that uh, politicians don't show up to the African American communities until it's time for an election, and um, and I think it's important that Democrats really express. It. I mean I think Democrats believe in inclusive politics, um, but need to spend more time uh, you know doing it and engaging it and that kind of community um, constituents, uh, and then also and then finally fundraising, which you know. You know, there it is. So, um, so of those, which you know, which ones would you like to chat about? I know they're all important, but
1: well, I guess I'll try to mix it up just a little bit because, just like you said, everything you mentioned is probably equally important. But, but I'll just chat about a few. Uh, we don't have a party unless we have candidates. Uh, so, the, the I get, would probably say the most critical thing. Uh, that we do as a party is, is recruit really good people from our community who are community leaders. And some of our best candidates have, I think, come from people who aren't necessarily uh, already in the ladder uh, of going up, you know, from our traditional uh, suite of candidates. But, but one of the things that gets more people interested in coming out to vote are are fresh faces, uh, people who are excited to be in politics for the first time. And we've just been so blessed with people willing to step up over the last few years, put themselves out there, make the sacrifice that it takes to run for office. And so we fully intend to keep uh, really focused on recruiting those people from our community that can can make a difference when they run for office. Uh, the other thing that I'll mention, um, that it, that's probably the least fun, <laughs> is the fundraising component because our county parties are very much like a political campaign. And you simply can't get out there and do the get out the vote work. You can't do the volunteer recruitment. Everything that we do as a party actually costs money uh, so you have to put together, you know, a comprehensive, really broad-based um, fundraising plan. And the, the, the broader it is, the better. Uh, so that, for instance, when you have something like COVID pop up, that like we did in 2020, you, you have something beyond, you know, the, the JJ dinner, right? Where, when you have to cancel a big, big event, you still can raise the critical funds that you need to fundraise. So, we had put together um, from from past uh, political uh, parties in Vanderburgh County. They had had a raffle, uh, so that that we were able to sell tickets remotely, and still did, you know, a great job. But because we not only had the raffle. Uh, but but we had some online fundraising events, and we were able to still uh, fund our get out fund fund our get out the vote campaign. Uh, but I can't um, move on to the last critical part, and, and I, I see volunteer recruitment and training and precinct committee person recruitment and training uh, as also probably the third leg of that stool as being the most critical thing that we can do because you can't get out there and get involved in your community, stay involved in all of the, the groups that are going on, unless you have a broad swath of, of your um, community involved in the Democratic Party. Uh, and, and you have to be constantly recruiting those people because unless you're growing your party, uh, your party dies Uh, because people are constantly leaving. So you, because of whatever's going on in their life. So you have to constantly be bringing new people in and constantly communicating why you're a Democrat. And, And these are the values. This is what we believe in, you know, whether it be, we believe all people Uh, should have access to health care. We believe our children should be able to breathe clean air and drink clean water. Whatever those values are, you have to be out there recruiting people uh, so that you can train them right uh, to get out the vote. You can engage with your community organizations. Um, And then you basically have to work them up the engagement ladder. People have such a range of skills and gifts to give uh, it's it's basically a matter of of having really good people who are willing to uh, engage and determine what people are good at so that so that there's a job that everybody can do um, what it, whatever it is their gifts are and, and you just have to be willing uh, to work with those people uh, in um, in a way that that you can make sure that they're engaged uh, to their the full extent that, that you can use them.
0: That is so important. I've you know I've been in many organizations before too and, and it is a very it's an art form to to identify each person's you know beautiful skills uh, and and put them in that area so they're happy they're doing what they like and they and they're successful. So that's great. Um, so let's see, oh, we're almost out of time, but I wanna make sure that um, people know your day job. You are, um, tell, tell me what you do. I know you're a teacher, but, um, but you do incredible work during the day. And just so people know that this can all be done along with a really um, you know
1: wonderful career. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a college professor. So I'm one of those women with a PhD.
0: <laughs> Dr. Edith Hart- yeah. Gessel. Yeah. I'm sorry. I should have put that on there. We should have put that on there. Dang it!
1: But one of the things that that I've been able to do with a liberal arts education, and and you know, I mentioned that because our, our sister university in town here, University of Evansville, is going through some um, layoffs right now, and and one of the you know great things that I got from my liberal arts training is the ability uh, to connect. You know uh, what happens. For instance, in biology, which is my field, uh, to political science, uh, to public policy, and things like that, and and really have a a practical sort of uh, outcomes-based look at my education. Uh, So, I I, for the longest time, you know, my engagement in politics was to vote, but but you know, you come to a point at which you realize uh, that the Current state of politics. More people from all walks of life. It's just the most critical thing that that regular people get involved and and do whatever it is that it takes um, to make sure you know that that we maintain our democracy. And so it's it's that basic of a level of um, importance because because if we don't all Uh, get involved and make a difference, then, you know, what I'm doing at my day job, you know, as a professor, uh, that, that goes away.
0: Wow. Uh, And you're so right that now is more important than ever. Um, you know, thank goodness, um, we have a new president, uh, and, and that, that nightmare is over, but Indiana is still in a really bad place. And with gerrymandering, um, you know, just, ready to uh, you know, be exponentially worse um, after this session. I mean, of course, I don't know how much worse it can get, um, but we've got a long ways to go. And, uh, and through those last four years, the Republicans not only succeeded in a lot of terrible things at the national level, um, but they used those, the, those media successes um, to influence all of these down-ballot races. Uh, So and and I'm sure, as you know, uh, the messaging was all nationalized and uh, and we at least I felt like in my work with um, candidates that we could not get our candidates messages to people who were not already going to vote for our candidate. It was so difficult to break through that information stream that was going to um, Republicans. Uh, I'm not going to go into the whole social media uh, parallel reality um, situation, but I know that what you are doing is one of my greatest hopes for breaking through that problem. And that is reaching people on a face-to-face, one-at-a-time, relationship-centered approach. So, um, So I'm just so excited to be able to talk to you about it. And, um, and thank you for everything that you are doing because you are really gonna make a difference uh, in Vandenberg County for sure. But hopefully hopefully, you're gonna help a lot of other counties um, improve their work.
1: Well, I think the key to moving forward is to work together. And so that's why I was so excited you're doing the video because we can't be out there working as 92 separate entities. Uh, I think if we're gonna be successful moving forward that that we need to be working uh, as a unit all over the state, and so so I'm just that's why I'm so happy that this video is being done and that uh, you're interviewing other county chairs and that we can start working more as a force and and start changing you know the direction that things are moving in in Indiana.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again, um, uh, Dr. Edith Hardcastle, I will remember that next time for sure. <laughs> and um, and um, good luck in the future. And I know we'll see each other again soon. So take care. Great
1: to see you, Deb. Thank Bye-bye. you so much.